It's so good that you can join us this morning. You know, I've been just dwelling in a verse all week. Can I just encourage you with it? It says this in Romans 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behaviours and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by, by, sorry, by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Right now, we would do well not to copy the behaviours and the customs of this world. We march to the beat of a different drum. Let's afresh just commit to letting God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. Man alive, do we need to do that now? 1 Peter 2 says, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. We want to be people that crave pure spiritual milk, crying out for that nourishment of the Lord. Would that be a word over us this morning? I want to say this with all that's coming in the week ahead, with all that's happening currently in the Northwest, I want to say keep going. Don't give up, don't give in, don't back down, don't be consumed, don't relent, don't give ground. Stand firm, stand firm and stand firm. We want to let God transform us into new people by changing the way that we think. You know, this morning I want to start a new series called The Clash of the Kingdoms. I've longed to do this one, desperately to do this one with you in person. Honestly, I believe that we need the ministry time. But I also believe that the Holy Spirit is going to meet us powerfully, as he always can and will, in our homes today. I've left this one for a while because I don't want to overplay it or overstate it. I don't want to hype it up in any way. Sometimes the passage of time allows us to reflect in a more measured way. But I believe we need to consider this. We need to reflect on some of this stuff. Can I start this series in the strangest of places? Maybe this is just how my mind works and it's a reflection of that. But the more I thought about it, the more I want to start with this. Not everything is. Not everything is a clash of the kingdoms. Not everything is spiritual attack. I love how C.S. Lewis said it. He said it like this, enemy occupied territory. That is what the world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed, you might say in disguise, and is calling us to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. We're in a battle and we're in a war. So often the bombs are dropping all around us and we're wandering around like civilians, not ready and not being prepared. And it's having a huge impact on not only what our defences look like, but also on how we take ground for the kingdom. But there is such a tension. There is such a balance to be found. I think sometimes we're reluctant to consider things to be spiritual attack. And yet at other times we can jump to it far too quickly and we've got to hold the balance. We've got to find the middle ground. Not everything is spiritual attack. Sometimes it's a product of the fruit of other things. And that's partly what I want to consider together today. It feels like an odd way to launch the series on Clash of the Kingdoms and then say actually not everything is. But it is true. Can I just reflect on three things this morning? Sorry, they're not particularly fun and they're not particularly light-hearted, but I do help, do, sorry, do hope that they're helpful. 
decisions have consequences. That's the first one. Second one is pain has a purpose. And then the third one is the reality this side of heaven. So the first one, the first thing that I wanted to reflect on together this morning is this. Decisions have consequences. A little while ago, on a Saturday, on a rainy Saturday morning, I was clearing out the guinea pig hutch. And it was cold, it's raining, as I said. Both of our girls are stood at the window watching me. And I had a moment's reflection and I thought to myself, for the whole of this last week, I've done everything for these guinea pigs and our children have done virtually nothing. And I came back into the house and without filtering it or without thinking it through, I said very boldly in a bit of a, like a statesman-like manner, I said, I do wonder if we'd be better getting rid of these guinea pigs if I'm going to be the only one who looks after them. Now, admittedly, I could have phrased it slightly differently. When I said get rid of, what I could have said is we could find a different home for them. But all of that was totally wasted on a three-year-old. Now, when I say I could have worded it better, some would also say that I shouldn't have said it at all because... With hindsight, I would also say, actually, I would be one of the greatest advocates of that position. It wasn't the wisest thing I could have said. But anyway, the reaction I stirred, goodness, you, need, you just need to imagine it. It was full scale, complete and utter, disproportionate meltdowns. Both kids are sobbing. You know where you, everything changes, like your breathing changes, they're like... So upset. And anyway, both run off shouting, Mummy, 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 Daddy says we're getting rid of the guinea pigs, which I'm like, it's not, I mean, it was actually what I said, but it wasn't what I meant. But anyway, was that spiritual attack? I mean, let's be honest, it actually felt like it in the moment, but seriously, it wasn't. It was a consequence of my decision making. Now, <laughs> By saying that, the reason for saying that, I wanted to find a light-hearted illustration of the reality that many of us face. We can't always blame the enemy. Sometimes there are decisions that we make that we need to take responsibility for. Sometimes we do and we say silly things. If I spend more money than I have, if I lash out at someone, if I'm mean or unkind, if I say something in the heat of the moment, if I drive too fast, if I leave a leaking roof too long, whatever it might be, oh, it's the enemy, he's coming for me. Or, actually, I've been a bit daft and the decisions that I've made have had a consequence. Please hear the heart behind what I'm saying because there is a tension. At times it can be and is a clash of the kingdoms. I've seen it in our own lives, let alone others. The enemy, sorry, the enemy is often very crafty at times to distract us and consumers. And there are often things, even circumstantial, multiple layers to it, that start to swallow our time and cause us to be deflated and distracted. All I'm trying to say is whilst that is true, we'd also do well to keep ourselves in check. If I watch a movie late every night, I'll be tired. If I'm tired, I'm more vulnerable. Remember, I've shared it before, but Holt. 
hungry, angry, lonely and tired. In any of those states we're more vulnerable to being picked off by the enemy. 1 Peter 5 8, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. He's seeking to devour. Me staying up every night late watching a movie is creating a doorway to be vulnerable. I hope I'm explaining that in a way that makes sense. I'm not saying don't watch movies. I'm not saying if you go to bed beyond 10 o'clock you're in deep dark trouble. I'm just saying as another illustration we need to keep a check on our decision making as not everything is spiritual attack or that sometimes we make ourselves vulnerable to it because we've opened a door to it. I hope that's helpful, I hope that's worth thinking through. The second thing I wanted to share is this, pain has a purpose. Again C.S. Lewis said this, he said God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks into our consciences but he shouts in our pain. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. You know, the nature of the kingdom in this age and the reality of spiritual warfare dictates that occasionally the enemy will win a battle. Sickness, sin, death and suffering are all things that will be faced by us in this lifetime. We would do well to understand that our character can be and hopefully will be refined through suffering and we will become more and more Christ-like in the process if we choose to embrace it. The goal of the Christian life is maturity in Christ, to become more like Jesus. But how do we, how do we attain that high goal? In our own strength, frankly it's impossible. Jesus can accomplish it in us and one of the means by which he uses to gain that lofty goal is obedience and obedience in suffering. Don't, don't hear me wrong on that. We have, we do and we will passionately and relentlessly pray and press in for healing. But I'd always challenge us to recognise that pain is yet another means by which God can refine our lives. There's many of us, but pain can be one of them. God can take pain in our lives and use it to make us better people. We, we have choices in it, but the hope would be we become better people. We can become bitter or we can become better. He will shape us into the image of Christ if we allow him to. He will cause patience and empathy and grace and forgiveness to grow in our heart and then use us to bring comfort to others when they're also suffering. Not only will God use these difficult times to extract growth in our lives, but he'll also speak to us and can speak to us quite clearly in the midst of them. The most challenging time in our lives are often when we hear the voice of God most clearly. When all is well, when we're on the mountaintop, so often our natural tendency can, to be, to, can be to put life onto autopilot and just enjoy the ride. But actually God can speak in those challenging times and often more clearly when we're attentive to it. In the valley, we are aware of our need for Jesus and we pray more diligently and we listen more acutely. Wouldn't you say that? Wouldn't you say that's true if we allow it to be 
the case. You know, in the first few weeks of lockdown, um, I've read 25% of the UK engaged in online church. And then obviously, as people become more accustomed with the new reality, that drops back. It's the same principle often in our lives. Pressure and pain can be the megaphone. If we choose it, and I really want to emphasize that, if we choose it, because we have to choose it, our stance to pain can be, I can't do anything today but put God at the front and centre of my life, if we choose it to be that way. The journey we're on is often fraught with pain, difficulties and onslaughts of the enemy, but we also have the view that we can benefit from those trials. We can benefit from them. There can be a purpose in the pain. Steph has often said to me many, many times, if we're going to go through it, let's get every last drop from it. We can embrace the challenge. Whether it's a form of attack or not, doesn't actually change anything. If we're going to go through it and embrace it and seek to allow it to shape us and to mould us. Honestly, I, I don't say that lightly. I need you to know that. For some of you, I know the reality of what I'm saying. You're going through it in a big way. And it sounds like what I'm saying is you just need to brace up and get on with it. That's not what I'm saying. I fully get and I fully appreciate there is a cost, there is a pain on so many levels of the word pain, there is a grief, there's often a heartache and a, a feeling of I just, I can't handle it, I'm actually at breaking point. Can I read to you Matthew 5 from the message? Uh, the message is a paraphrase of the Bible, it's not the Bible, it's just a paraphrase, but I found it so helpful for this particular verse in the context of what I'm saying this morning. It says this, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel lost, sorry, when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they're uncomfortable. You can be glad that when that happens, give a cheer even, for that even though they don't like it, I do, and all heaven applauds. I love that phrase, all heaven applauds. Well, pain can have a purpose. Not everything is attack, but either way, pain can have a purpose. That's important for us to hang on to that. The third and the final thing I wanted to share this morning is this, the reality, this side of heaven. 
Let's just consider that. Can we briefly reflect on that? George Eldon Ladd, who had a huge impact and influence on the vineyard, he said this, we shall never experience the full blessing of God's kingdom in this age. You know, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm praying for it, I'm longing for it, I'm seeking for it, for the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of heaven to be here on earth as it is in heaven, but we shall never experience the full blessing of God's kingdom in this age. It's true, and if I was to say otherwise, we'd, we would become a very disillusioned people because the perfect kingdom belongs in the age to come. 1 Peter 2, 11, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from the worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. We're just temporary residents here. This isn't it. This isn't the fullness of it. We can borrow from tomorrow today, but the fullness is still ahead. You know, Steph and I have walked through some profoundly painful times ourselves, and we have done alongside other people. I know many of you have, and I know many of you are, even right at this minute. We found the tension of the kingdom and the dynamic of spiritual warfare to be a much more sensitive and pastorally sound response than you just don't have enough faith. I don't know if you've ever had that said to you or spoken over you, but I want to break that off you this morning if that's been said. I, I just don't believe that to be true. I don't believe that to be a healthy reality. Actually, we're able to process the reality of pain and to hold on to the tension in a way that allows us to encourage and persevere, allowing the God of all comfort to breathe new life into places of pain and sorrow that we might have, find or carry. We can often see hard times as attacks of the enemy, and sometimes they are, but we can also see them as wrestling with God. You know, in wrestling with God, Jacob found his true identity. His name was changed from Jacob, meaning supplanter, to Israel, meaning God rules. Instead of trying to rule under his own strength, he now allowed God to rule and direct his life. And the limp that he walked with would be a constant reminder of that transition. In his letter to the Romans, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, it says this, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops a strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. You know, Paul was so aware of the character formation that begins with hardship. If we don't prepare ourselves for this, hardship will cause disillusionment, disappointment and bitterness rather than perseverance and character development. In reality, everybody, all Christians but all people, will go through some form of hardship. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Hebrews 12 verse 5 goes on a bit further on. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you, his children? He said, my children, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. Don't give up when he corrects you, for the Lord discipline." 
disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure his divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means you are illegitimate and not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? <coughs> the challenge is sometimes we start to serve the God of our own making the triumphant God of success, not the suffering servant of the cross. Sometimes I wonder if people become disillusioned because they're not adequately prepared for the challenge or the, or the realisation that the Lord moulds us and he shapes us. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are. That would be the mantra, the language and the wording that we would use. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are. We want the Lord to shape us and mould us. And sometimes he does that when, uh, well, he does do it, but he does it more when we allow it. We're supposed to let God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. We want to have the way we think changed. Often that happens through the experiences of life as we walk them out. How do, how do we do, how do we live out what I said at the beginning? How do we be people that are craving spiritual milk, that are crying out, for nourishment. How do we keep going, not give up, not giving in, not backing off, not being consumed, not relenting or giving ground, but standing firm? Well, we do it by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, letting God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. Not everything we will go for, through or face is a clash of the kingdoms, but everything we go through and face can allow us to become more like Jesus if we embrace it and allow it. I trust that's helpful to you this morning. Next week we'll continue in this series with the clash of the kingdoms and get into it a little bit more. But this morning, shall we just pray? Why don't you just have a moment in your own homes? As I said, we, we don't want to um, step aside from the opportunity to do this just because we're not together doesn't mean the Spirit of God doesn't want to rest on you and impact you powerfully this morning. Let's wait on him. You might want to close your eyes, just set aside some time to do this. Spirit of the living God, we welcome you and we invite you. Father, come and meet with us this morning and we wait for you to do that. We don't rush that. We don't add a humanness to it. Lord, I pray now that you would come and manifest among us. I just believe this morning for some of you there's a there's a there's a moment of almost inhalation of the spirit. Actually life is weighing hard and heavily on you this morning. Regardless of whether that's attack or not, what you need is Jesus, and what you need is more of the presence of God. And I, I pray that he's going to come and lift you, encourage you, embolden you, comfort you. That's what he does. He sends his spirit to comfort us. But the spirit of God is also God's change agent. He changes us, he refines us where we allow him. Lord, I pray for that this morning. 
I pray for moments of transformation, renew, change our thinking. We don't want to conform to the behaviours and the patterns of the world. We want to be transformed and I pray that over us, Lord, as we open ourselves to you, that you would shape and quicken our minds, our spirits, align us with the presence of God. I just pray for moments of breakthrough, Lord. There's people this morning who are carrying significant weight, emotionally, financially, relationally, physically, burdens, Lord, let it. Let there be a mindset shift, let there be a, a lifting of some of that, I pray physical healing over us. Just see an image of like a, you know when a dog has just run into the river and it comes out and it has that shake, I just see a shake moment, there's like a, just a shaking off of some of you. It's a, 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 just a moment of the Lord just lavishing his spirit on you and allowing some of the weight and the burden, the pressure that has attached you and is on you just to lift. There's a mindset shift this morning. Spirit of God. I just believe as well there's a preparation moment. Some of us... Um, it's the realisation that we are living in a spiritual battle. We don't wage war in the physical, we wage war in the spiritual and sometimes we overlook or we bypass that. And there's a, there's a moment of just saying, actually, I need, to, I need to engage in this. I need to be equipped and prepared for warfare. I, I want to pray over some of you as well. I believe this this is important. Is is just that you would um, cry out to God this morning for wisdom, because some of this is our humanness. It's not always spiritual attack. Some of it is our decision making. We need the wisdom of God to land upon us. Come, Lord, bless us, God. I pray a boldness on some of you, you're going to want to step out and reach out to others, you're going to want to ask people to pray for you, to pray for others, to WhatsApp or email, whatever it is, to get in touch, so we can link you up with someone, there might be someone in your small group, some of you have been for a season of slightly disengaging, I think the Lord would just want you to say, do not disengage from the Lord. Come back into a place of worship, some of you just, there's, there's a need just to, be in worshipful environments again. Put a song on now. Let a song rise up in your heart. Jesus, come on. Just as well, I think sometimes the um, we can be offended in our mind to reveal our heart. I, I wonder, I, I, I want to say, in my humanness and the way I've spoken, if I've offended you, I'm sorry. But equally, if this is the Lord, and for some of you, he's just trying to refine and just speak in, then, and if it's him, not me, then that, that needs to be the case. There's an agitation, I think, that comes sometimes with that. Jesus, let it come. Spirit, you're welcome here. Bless you. Bless you. We'll let some music play, and you... Don't, don't rush what the Lord's doing. When, whenever it is that you're engaging with this, 
this morning or throughout the week. Let the, let the Spirit of God wash over you afresh today. Bless you.